Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello, beautiful people, my fearless ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're here. Welcome back for another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast, number seven. We are just moving right along, which is so exciting. I just had my very first housewarming party, which is um, incredible. I mean, when you think about it, or when I think about it, I'm 44, and this is the first apartment that I had mentioned that I have on my own that's big enough to have at least, you know, 10 people in it at once. And there was still plenty of room and people contributed and helped out. And I want to thank them um, for doing that. And also, it was just so lovely to fill my home with, you know, laughter and love and fun. I feel like that's so important um, when you move into a new space to really treat it like your sanctuary, like the place that you want to be in. I remember, you know, many, many years, as I mentioned in New York, where I was just, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out, like always had my suitcases under the bed, ready to move at any moment. So it feels just so wonderful to be living in a space that really, truly feels like me, that feels like home. And I absolutely love it. So day 11 of my journey, this is an interesting one. This is the first time that I... Um, actually deal with something that is one of the themes in the whole fearless journey for me, which was body image. Um, like I had mentioned, you know, I had, I had an idea that I wanted to pose nude, um, in an art class because, you know, all of my life, and I think this is true for so many women is we are taught and told from a very young age that thin is beautiful, that you want to be thin. That is, what will get you noticed, that um, also sends a message to the world that you're healthy, um, you'll most likely be happy, you're going to attract lots of men if you're thin. I mean, there's just such a emphasis on like, you know, dieting and making sure you stay fit and not just for wellness, but really it's, it's all based around this like image, right? Like everybody wanted to be to a certain degree, like, you know, in movies or like be a supermodel, like we all aspire to have that kind of body shape. Some of us are born that way. Some of us aren't. So when I turned 40, you know, I had, I thought a pretty healthy body image. Um, I was never somebody that grew up um, feeling like I needed to starve myself or feeling like I needed to, you know, have any sort of, uh, you know, body, any sort of like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Any sort of like, um, you know, sort of diseases like anorexia or bulimia. Like I never, it never was that bad. I never had any issue of like understanding or recognizing, you know, that I actually did have a good body for the most part. Um, you know, there was, I'm certainly after college where I gained a little bit of weight and, you know, but I never really cared. I was sort of like, eh, this is my body kind of thing. But one thing I was very, very aware of from a very young age was I had developed very quickly. Um, my breast size was a 34 double D. 
Um, it still is. And I remember being, I think, in fifth or sixth grade and at some slumber party and some girl had mentioned something about my boobs. And that was like the first time I became aware that, oh, being bigger breasted or having boobs was like a thing, you know, like either people wanted it or people made fun of it. Or I, I became very like known as like, having a sexy body, a sexy figure. And this is all before I even understood like what that meant. Like, you know, like to me, you know, like I said, I was very, um, I didn't really want men's attention, but somehow I was born with, you know, bigger boobs. So I just received a lot of attention, unwarranted and unwanted. Um, you know, I remember walking in to my high school, um, and I was wearing like just a cute summer top. And I guess it was, fairly, I don't know, you can see my breasts or, you know, my cleavage, whatever. And I remember walking into the gates and some guy yelled, damn, look at those hooters. And I literally turned around, drove back home and changed my top. Like that's how much I really was not comfortable with being sexualized in any way. I didn't like it. I was, I wouldn't say I was ashamed, but it just brought a lot of attention towards my body when I was like, no, 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 but I'm a real person. Like I'm this very thoughtful, you know, very intelligent, very smart. Like, it's like, I want to be known for all of those things, not because I have a sexy body and you want to like touch my boobs or, you know, and this happens, you know, even now I'll post videos of me dancing and I'll get comments and now I just delete them. Now I don't have any, any problem of like, you know what, I don't want that kind of comment, um, on my, on my wall or on my, Instagram feed. So I just delete it because I'm like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> and I'm not going to feel ashamed for this is my body and I want to feel proud. So here I am 40 and I'm like, you know, I still have this like awareness of that. I'm known for like this person having big breasts and I'm constantly being catcalled, especially in New York. Um, I remember when I first moved to New York, I got so many comments like, bless you, mommy, bless you, mommy. And I'd be like, I'm not sneezing. Like, what are they blessing me for? And it was because I had big boobs. <laughs> so it was like just so much um, hyper, hyper-sexualized comments towards me that I really deflected that in a way where I was like, very aware of, you know, what I wore, um, but trying also to balance well, but I want to be proud of my body. I mean, they're real and God gave them to me. And, you know, it's a part of my family. We all kind of have big breasts, you know, as women. So I was trying to balance that as much as I can, but internally there was still a belief that I, I shouldn't, you know, dress a certain way because I have big, bigger breasts. So that's going to bring attention, you know, unwar unwanted to the fact that I've got these breasts or whatever. I just didn't even want to deal with it. So being 40, I was like, you know what? Like, when am I ever going to just appreciate my, appreciate my body for what it is? All of it, you know, the curves, the breasts, the whole thing. I don't want to feel ashamed about any of it. So I had made this request or I had thought about, you know, I really want to pose nude. I want to feel what it's like to just be naked in front of strangers and to not have any shame about it, to be like, you know, like, how is that going to feel, you know? And I'll go into detail as that fearless act comes up. But prior to that day 11, I was, you know, figuring out again, this was a whole process of me like asking myself every day, like what would authentically feel like a fearless act today for me. And, um, there was this yoga studio that was donation based and it was in New York city and it was a heated yoga class. 
Um, and I'd always pass by it. It was called, I mean, I don't mind saying it. It's called Yoga for the People. And I never was really a fan simply because I don't really like heated yoga. And also because you never know who the teacher is going to be. That's their thing. It's like they, they want it to be very consistent in terms of like no matter who's teaching, you're still getting the same type of class, the same flow, the same vibe, the whole thing. So I was never really attracted to the studio. But ever since I had gotten back from Paris, it was just the studio that I started to just um, practice in. I don't, I think because it was donation based and also there was something about the consistency of the way that they taught that I was able to just get lost in the flow. And I don't know, there was something different about it. Again, it's like, it's an interesting thing when you have a feeling about something and then all of a sudden it changes and you're welcoming and now open to this new thing. So I started to go to this yoga studio, um, probably again, because I wanted to practice more and it was cheap. I mean, it was donation based, you know? And so I'm in this class and it's hot and a lot of like, um, NYU students would go to the studio because it's donation based. Um, so I would see a lot of these 20 something millennials with like their tops off. I mean, they were wearing sports bras, but they looked like bras, you know, and here I am very conservative, you know, in the sense, you know, I'm wearing a real tank top and I'm wearing a sports bra underneath, but I would never ever think about taking off my tank top. Like no way. There's no way. Not only did I have this fear that it would draw attention to me. I also was just like not, I wasn't um, confident in my body shape. I, I felt like my stomach was like the least attractive thing on my body because it was like, maybe it was too flabby or it wasn't, you know, I didn't have a six pack or I had to suck it in, you know, all of those things. I felt bloated, whatever. I was like, I'm not about to take off my top. And I wasn't even thinking about this when I entered this yoga class. So day 11, I walk in and I'll just read a little bit what, of, what I wrote. Um, I don't always have a plan. That's been my plan for this challenge. But my intention has always been how can I live each moment more authentically me no matter what the situation or who's in the room. So tonight, without a plan, I showed up to a yoga class. I've been to this particular yoga studio in years past and never felt like it was for me. It's tailored to the people and you never know who you're going to get as a teacher. They don't post it. But ever since I've been back from Paris, it's the only studio I've been to, and I love it. I get lost in it. The heat, the crowd, the not knowing, the simplicity, and I just flow. And I kept thinking tonight, how am I different now to be open to this? Who was I then to be so close-minded? As I'm having these thoughts, drenched in sweat, I suddenly take my top off. Of course, I had a sports bra underneath, but I've never ever in the 10 plus years of practicing yoga done that before. I've never exposed my belly in class. When I realized what I had done, I started sobbing. All these years, I didn't know it, but I felt ashamed of my belly, of it not being perfect or wishing it was slimmer or whatever, and I didn't even know it. So I immediately started apologizing to my belly. I'm so sorry for being ashamed of you. I'm so sorry for all the wasted guilt I had whenever I'd eat poorly or eat sugary foods. I'm so sorry for not appreciating you, appreciating you as part of me. I'm just so sorry. And just like that, belly exposed and all, I forgave myself and moved on. So that's what's really interesting about this journey is that I was now not only exposing my fears, but I was exposing 
things that I didn't even realize, like I had mentioned, I didn't even realize that I had shame around my, my belly. I didn't even realize that I purposely always kept it covered, you know? And there were certain people, I look at somebody like, you know, Lizzo, who is such an important figure now, um, where she's just so out there and proud of the way that she looks and embraces it completely. And it's so empowering, I think, as a woman to see another woman just being like, you know, F it, this is who I am. This is my body shape. Um, you know, and I don't know her personally clearly, so I have no idea like what it took or what has, what kinds of things, you know, goes on in her mind to get her to that place where she just feels so unapologetically herself. Um, but it is a process. And I think for me, you know, it's funny because like I said, if you were to talk to me, you probably would have been like, I would have never known that you, you know, didn't think your body was good or whatever. And maybe those of you that know me that are listening to this are probably like, you know what? Like I would have never thought you had any, any insecurities about your body image. But I do remember at that time, um, you know, it's very subtle. It's like you don't realize it until you do something that drastic, like take your top off. Like who am I to, you know, who am I as a 40-year-old to be in this room of 20-somethings, you know, acting like I'm some youngin that I can just do this, you know? Who am I to, you know, expose, you know, part of my body that's, you know, somewhat sexual that, you know, could attract a certain, you know, look or glare or people making comments? You know, you hear this all the time, especially because social media is so prevalent where, we see somebody's image, like, you know, the Kardashians are super, I mean, they get so much flack for this, which is, you know, they show their body all the time. And although, you know, whatever your relationship is to that, I think at the very, like the, the, the seed beneath it is like, they're showing, hey, like my body, yes, it looks amazing, but it's also a non-traditional kind of body in the, in the sense that they have curves, which I feel like, like more power to them that they can actually show themselves in that way. You know, it's, and I think that's the good thing about social media is there's so many new types of body images out there where, you know, when I was growing up, it was just one, one type was attractive, which was very, very thin. You know, like I remember I had jaw surgery, um, in 20, no, 2000, I think. Yeah. Which is, almost 20 years ago. And, um, I couldn't eat. Okay. They broke my jaw. It was a whole process and they reset it. And so for like a month or maybe six weeks, like I had to be, um, I had to just have liquids. So of course I lost a lot of weight. And I remember going back to work and just even my family being like, you look amazing. Did I? I'm thinking to myself, I couldn't eat. <laughs> Like, this is not going to last people. So are you telling me, like, this is how you want me to look? Like, I mean, and there's no way I can maintain that. I want to eat food. <laughs> like, I love food too much. Like, I'm not going to starve myself just to, you know, hear these kinds of, you know, comments. Like, it was ridiculous. But that's what we do to people. We constantly you know, praise them when they've lost weight and, you know, behind their back will say any little thing, oh, I think that they gained weight or did you see them in this or whatever. And it's, I, I try really, really hard to be conscious of what I say about other people and, and what I let in, you know, like if I'm in a conversation with someone and they start to go after somebody about their weight, I'm very, very sensitive about that. I don't even want to hear it. Um, I think that we're all responsible for the energy around us. And if you're, 
in a conversation with someone who's talking negatively about so-and-so because they've gained weight or, you know, how dare they post that, you know, look at their body, like they just want attention. It's like, you know, those kinds of comments are all contributing to this, this society's pressure on what we do to women. You know, it's like, we praise you if you're thin, but don't show it off too much. Don't be overly sexy because that's that's not cool. Now you're acting like, you know, you're all stuck up or you want attention. And it's like, it's you can't win, you know? I mean, I only started, you know, after this, you know, turning 40, um, I really just started to, to let or started to become super aware of when that voice would show up for me. Like if I would show... Um, a picture and people would make comments, you know, sexual comments um, about my breasts or something about being too sexy, I would delete it instead of deleting those comments. So now I leave the picture, I leave the video and I delete those comments because I don't want that. I feel like, you know, screw you. Like this is about appreciating my body. Now I'm a 44 year old woman. It's like, I don't want to be 80 years old and look back on my life and be like, why didn't I appreciate what I had when I had it? You know? So I, I mean, and I'm still working through that stuff. And I'm sure many of you are, you know, body image. And as a woman, it's, there's just so much pressure. And I think, you know, why I started to have tears, because I remember being in shoulder stand, which if you don't, aren't familiar with yoga is your legs are lifted up and you have a very good view of your belly. And I remember, just saying, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that I, that I didn't appreciate that. I don't appreciate you, that I want you to be different than you are. Like, I'm just sorry. You know, you're a part of my body. You're a part of me. I love you <laughs> and we're going to work together. And I, and I say that to myself all the time in, in the mirror, you know, if there's, if I'm like, it's during, you know, two weeks or a week before my period and my breasts get overly, um, plump and I feel really bloated. I'm constantly just saying thank you. Thank you to my body for showing me that you're about to, you know, menstruate, that I'm about to get my period. Thank you for letting me have my period. I mean, there's people that still, that don't even get it anymore. You know, all of that stuff. I think it's about learning to be appreciative of where you're at, where you are, um, which is so, so, so important because then that takes the sting away, you know, and it, and it really does affect your whole life. If you have this one part of your, one area of your life that you're feeling terrible about yourself about, it bleeds into your whole life. You know, there's no, in my opinion, there's no such thing as categories, you know, it all is one. So the more we can embrace where we are, I think the easier it will be to start to accept and be willing to change. You know, it's like what resists, what we resist persists. It's the same thing with our body image. So um, day 12, I want to talk about, um, oh, actually, no, day 12 is a fun one. Okay. So remember how I said, you know, I was willing to do the ridiculous. I was willing to do the silly just to do something different to make me laugh. So, so, oh, I have to go back. So when I went on city bike, I had bought that helmet and I actually wanted to do city bike. I bought the three day pass. And after the third day, I came to the realization that I'm not equipped to be a biker in New York City. <laughs> like I don't want to die and it just felt very much like it wasn't fun it was like I was nervous all the time I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought so here I was walking around with this helmet this bike helmet going okay I think I'm going to return this helmet 
you know, I, I had this time in between my two classes. I'm like, what can I do right now? That just seems so ridiculous and so fun and different just to, you know, push myself out of this, you know, mundane routine of me just kind of waiting in between classes. Like, I don't want to go for another cup of coffee, you know? And then I had this idea, like, I bet you there's a skipping club. Like, what would it feel like? Because I had this helmet. I'm like, what would it feel like to go skipping around New York City? And sure enough, I'm Googling, you know, skipping club, New York City. And boom, I found it. There was a skipping club. It did exist. And they meet like once a week and they skip around New York City. And then they have like a dinner. And I'm like, this is so me. This is so perfect. <laughs> like, I just started cracking up. This sounds like amazing. But of course, the skipping club didn't start until I... I don't know, the following week. So I'm like, what am I going to do right now? Okay, I'm putting this helmet on. I'm going to skip to my next class. So here I was in Soho and I just start skipping. Now, mind you, I had this big bag on my shoulder. I'm wearing flip-flops. I'm not even wearing sneakers and I'm trying to skip down the street. And uh, I'm just going to read you what I wrote because it was really funny. So I'm sitting outside in between classes when I had this crazy, silly, very me idea to skip around the city. My first thought after I was laughing uncontrollably was there's got to be a group or something that gets together and skips. And sure enough, I found one in the city. Since I haven't skipped in a really long time, I mean, when was the last time you skipped? On purpose. Exactly. So I figured why not practice by skipping to my next class? I already had my helmet from the whole city bike situation, which I returned, FYI. So out of safety, but really, I was tired of carrying it. I put that sucker on, and thus, here you have me skipping in a bicycle helmet from Soho to the West Village. The funny thing is, I really thought people would be staring and pointing and shaking their heads in confusion. I mean, amazement, but no one looked at me. I couldn't believe it. Is it possible that the sight of a helmet-wearing, yoga-attired female skipper is just so ordinary that no one bothers to look? I honestly made it five blocks and almost collapsed. Who knew skipping was such a workout? I guess the skipping club and I wasn't wearing the proper foot attire you really need to be in good shape or you really need to have some good shoes to skip so I hurt my foot and never made it up to the skipping club oh well there's always next week but I certainly had fun while it lasted so what's really funny is after I posted this um and it's on my Instagram you kind of have to scroll down quite a bit and it's just me <laughs> it's a selfie of me in a bike helmet laughing like a little kid. I mean, it was so funny. Of course, nobody notices because in New York, there's just so many weirdos walking around all the time. And you're kind of, like I said, in this days of like, I'm staying in my lane. I'm not looking around. Um, so nobody gave a shit. You know? <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Um, so the funny thing is after I posted it, my mom, I was talking to my mom and she's like, I started to skip in the living room. I was like, do I remember how to skip? I mean, I was dying. I'm like, if this is the one thing I would have never expected is my mom trying to skip in, in her living room. I wish I had a video of it. Um, if you know my mom, oh my God, I just thought it would be hilarious. But she was like, it's such a good workout. Like she was just having a ball skipping in her room. <laughs> oh my God, I'm such my mom's daughter. It's hilarious. Um, so that was really funny. But you'll hear what happens when I do join the skipping club in the next few acts. So I'm going to give you one more and I'm going to skip around this one um, because it feels appropriate. 
is a quick one. This is um, day 14. I jump into the fountain at Washington Square Park, and I'm going to give you the full story, which I didn't actually share on social media. But before I do that, the reason why I'm skipping is because the next fearless act is something really, um, something happens, and I have a really intense discussion with a close friend about what this journey was doing to her and thus how it started to affect our friendship. And so, but I think that deserves its own podcast episode because um, you'll, what I want to say about it is that when you start to grow and you start to step into your authenticity, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way, especially those that are close to you. Um, and so that's going to be for next week's episode. So for this one, day 14, jump into the fountain, it's Washington Square Park. So this day, in particular, I was at this place called uh, The Bean. It was uh, a coffee place in uh, Washington, by Washington Square Park in the West Village. And there was this cute guy that walks in, and it turns out we start talking, and he, God, was he from the Netherlands or Germany? I don't know, somewhere like that. And he was very cute, but he was very young. He was like probably in his 20s. And um, we started talking and again, because I'm always looking, you know, every day I'm looking for what could be my new fearless act. So I suggested like, Hey, he was like new or he was there for the summer. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, why don't we go take a walk? I can show you the Washington square park or something like that. That's what I suggested. And so he was like, yeah, sure. So we start walking and I'm telling him, um, about, you know what, did I even tell him about my fearless acts? I can't even remember. It's so funny. Um, maybe I'm telling him, maybe I'm just like, you know, just talking, talking about this, that, and the other, um, asking him what he does. I mean, I really don't remember much about him, which is why I didn't even put it in the fearless act. But my point was we're walking, we're talking. And I think at a certain point I realized, okay, there's nothing here with this guy that feels like I want to do anything with him or whatever, but I'm walking by, it's really hot. And I see there's a fountain at the Washington Square park, right? It's a very famous fountain. It's really the fountain that is based on the whole friend's opening sequence, you know, where they're jumping around and in, in the fountain. So I had said to him, it just occurred to me, I'm like, you know, I think I want to jump into the fountain with all my clothes on. He was like, okay. And I'm like, would you mind um, taking a picture when I do? Because I think in my mind, I was like, this will be my fearless act. You know? <laughs> so, uh, that's what I did. I jumped in and it was so liberating. I just kind of wandered around, dancing around. There was like a bunch of little kids all in the fountain. He snaps a picture and then I posted it. And I was like, fearless act number 14. Um, this is what the challenge is about. How can I create more fun and spontaneity in my life? And that's what I did. It felt amazing. It felt free. And I was thinking about how maybe that was like subconsciously in my mind that one day I want to just jump in the fountain with all my clothes on, you know? It sounds like um, something a kid would do, right? But as an adult, it's like we stop ourselves from doing that. Like, we can't just do that, you know? <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do? You know? But of course you can. You can do whatever the hell you want, right? If it's going to make you happy, if it's going to make you smile, like, why the hell not? I'm all about like, you know, being fearless is about also you know, trusting your gut when it tells you like, do this fun thing, you know, you know, even though it sounds crazy or stupid, or you're afraid of what people are going to say, like, do the fun thing, do the thing that your soul is calling you for, right? Skip down the street, you know, jump into the fountain with all your clothes on, like, 
let life be an adventure. Let it be fun. Let it be exhilarating. I think when we stop doing that, when we stop looking at life that way, that's when we feel trapped. That's when we get depressed. That's when we start to feel like everything is, you know, just a routine and it's mundane and it's boring. You know, when people say, oh, this is boring or my life is boring, it's like you can create more fun right now. You know, what's stopping you? Your own thoughts, your own ego, your own inner voice telling you, oh, that's a stupid idea. And so for me, this journey and this time in my life was just about like, I'm going to do all the things that I want to do, no matter how ridiculous and how stupid they may seem. And I remember posting it and everybody responded just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like that's awesome. And I think, you know, when you see people do that, it gives you permission to go after that thing that you think might be silly or stupid. You know, like I loved the fact that my mom was skipping in the living room. Like I just thought, you know, yeah, like that's, that's where I get it from. You know, I think, you know, one of the great, wonderful things about my mom is that she definitely has this childlike spirit. And that's absolutely where I get it from. You know, her, I remember many, many times her walking in, you know, doing laundry and I would be dancing as a little kid and she would just join me. We start dancing in the living room, you know, just those memories of like, this isn't silly. This is fun. This is what you do. This is how you, you know, embrace life. And she was always that way, very encouraging me to be creative and anything that I drew, any poem that I made, she'd post it, you know, on the refrigerator or she'd frame it or she'd always give me that positive reinforcement, like nothing, like everything that was coming out of me was good enough. And so that's probably why I am the way that I am in that, you know, I very, from a very young age was, you know, conditioned to think that, you know, what I have to say and who I am that makes me different and authentic and unique is enough, you know? So that's really important. And I think, you know, we lose that, um, most of us as you get to be older and get into your, get set in your ways. And I think if there's one thing that I could inspire in you listening is to really embrace that, embrace your childlike innocence, your spirit that, you know, makes you curious about, you know, I want to try this. I want to try that. And to just do it, you know, um, cause we're only here for so long, you know, especially with this whole coronavirus going around. We don't know how long we have. So like do the thing, skip down the street, skip right now where you're listening to this or snap your fingers. I mean, I do this silly thing in yoga all the time. I ask people, you know, when we're in Navasana and we go down to Ardha Navasana, you're in boat pose. It's a core exercise. I ask people to tap your toes, tap your shoulders, tap your head, snap your fingers. You know, I do it to get people out of their head and into the moment and to let them know like it's not so serious you know like to have fun to inspire joy you know that's what we're here to do and I really hope that you listening to this podcast will inspire you to go out and do something that's just for joy that's just pure fun so and let me know send me a message on instagram on my email on my website and as always i would love to hear from you if you're interested in doing your own fearless journey i would love to be your guide uh the link is in my show notes and i still have some room <laughs> For myself, the France yoga retreat, I laugh because everybody's so afraid to travel, but I really think everything is going to be okay and we're going to be able to 
get past this. So I would love for you to join me if you're interested, if you're feeling called. I'll leave, I'll leave that uh, link in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing from you and for next week's episode. And tonight, tonight, today, I'm going to leave you with um, a song. It's called, it's a fun song and it's called Shades of Grey. Thank you guys. Bye. Into the sky to find your dream. My reflection bothers me. I'm not like what I see. I see darkness when the sun used to be. And the lights begin to fade. The movie starts to fade. And the movie from this place. I watch the kids in all come out to play. As I may see another body favor